I talk to so many people who are interested in investing in real estate, but have no idea how to get started. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to give you some practical help on how to evaluate a potential real estate investment. Now, many of you know that rental property is a big passion of mine, and I've been able to amass a great number of rentals through the years. And every single investment I make and plenty that I don't end up making I've looked at with this tool. Today, I'm going to share that very tool with you that I use when it comes to looking at a new deal. But first, I'd like to thank our title sponsor, First Access Mortgage. They're Louisiana's first choice mortgage lender for the last 21 years, and we're excited to be partnered with them. For your first home, vacation home, or an investment property, they're truly your home loan resource. Now, we've talked so many times before on this podcast about real estate investing, and I get a lot of questions about how to evaluate real estate deals. So I figured it would be helpful to walk you through how I do it. Now, I'm going to share this spreadsheet, and it's nothing fancy. I built it myself. I'm no tech whiz, uh, but I've been using it for years when it comes to evaluating a new deal, and I'm giving it away to you, my viewers, as a gift to help you build wealth. I like sharing what I've learned. I've made plenty of mistakes, and I want to make sure no one else has to learn the hard way like I did. I've tried to make it as user-friendly as possible, and we're going to walk through it today and in just a moment. But first, we should talk about what you're looking to do. In the second episode of our podcast, we talked to my friend Courtney Fricky and explored how to get started investing in real estate. And I'd recommend checking out that podcast again because it's really foundational. One of the things we explored in that episode is a question you have to ask yourself. What is your investment goal? We talked about in a previous episode how everyone is playing a different game when it comes to their wealth path. So you have to determine what your game is. Is it immediate cash flow? Is it long-term capital appreciation? Is it retirement? So what are your goals? Uh, make sure you think through this in detail. And me or a member of my team will be happy to discuss that with you and, and help you formulate a direction if you don't have one. Let's look at this spreadsheet, shall we? I'm going to take you through an actual investment I bought a few years ago that I still own. And these are the numbers I looked at when I decided whether or not it was a good deal to buy for me. And it was, and it still is. Let me show you this. The first tab is an example of what we're going to look at today. And the other three tabs are left blank for you to fill in. And I even put instructions in the outside column here to the far right as a reminder of how to fill this out with your investment details. This property is a 16-unit apartment complex I bought a few years ago in downtown Hammond near Southeastern Louisiana University back in 2020. So the first step is to put in all of the monthly rental income right there in column B and get a copy of the rent rolls of the rental property you're considering and get the historic rent rolls if possible to find out how the rent collections have been going over the years. Once you put in the monthly amounts in column B, uh, the yearly amounts calculate for you right here in column C. So once you have the income, you can begin to figure out how much your expenses will be. Now, the first thing I'd recommend starting with is starting with your property taxes. Now you can put input the yearly amount right here in column F. And I have a formula in there that calculates your monthly cost too, in case you want to look at a monthly cash flow number, like, like I like to see. Once you have all your expenses in there, you can see it monthly. Now to get this number, this property tax number, you can ask the current owner what they pay, or you can look it up at the assessor's website. Now I have, you know, this one's in the city limit. So I have parish and city tax here. One thing to remember is that after you buy the property, the assessed amount may 
may actually go up. So keep that in mind, and it may be worth a discussion with the parish or county tax assessor if you think it will be significant. So because it could change these numbers, you'd put in a yearly insurance premium next, whatever your hazard insurance again, again, put in the yearly amount and my formula will calculate the monthly breakdown for you. Now, the easiest way to get this insurance figure is to ask the current owner what they pay now and ask for a copy of their insurance documents. You probably want to confirm this by getting your own insurance quote as well, because insurance has gone up a lot lately, but it'll be easier to start with what's actually currently being paid. And as you can see for this example, I have flood insurance in there as well. These units did require flood insurance, do require flood insurance. They've never flooded, but they are in a flood zone. So that's another factor to consider. As we work on our way down this expense column, after that, um, you can play around with an estimate on vacancy rates. This is vacancy rate is the percentage of time you think the property will be vacant in one year. And you can put that over here in column J. Now you want to base this figure on a combination of property history and your personal risk tolerance. When I bought this property, as you can see, I put in 0%. And there's two reasons I did that. The first one is the owner told me that the property was never vacant and he had people waiting to rent them when they, whenever they became available. So that was a great indication. And also the second reason is I'm super optimistic and pretty risk tolerant. So I ran the figures based on 100% occupancy, which is 0% vacancy, which is that's the number I put right here in column J. Just stick with me here. Next, you might have to do a little homework to find out what your utility expenses are. So that's these expenses over here. So that you've got things like water, gas, trash pickup, and any other regular expenses you might have, such as pest control, lawn care, or electricity for common areas, right? Because the tenant's probably paying their own utility bills in a multifamily like this, but there are some things for common areas like the electric for the night lights. So you can see I have a line item here for night lights. That's uh, the row 12 in column F. Lights, that's the parking lot light. So a lot of times the owner will be able to provide the information for you. Uh, so make sure you ask the owner. A lot of times they'll know what these numbers are. Now, sometimes an owner will be doing things themselves, like maybe cutting their own grass, for instance. So you may have to add an expense that they don't have if you plan on getting another party to do that for you. For this category, I would recommend or you should put in the monthly expense uh, and my formula will cal calculate the yearly cost. So I like seeing both yearly and monthly costs when I'm evaluating an investment and we'll get into that a little bit later too. Finally, you'll add the purchase price of the property into column J and you see right under the vacancy right here. Now, once you have all those hard costs in, you can see your net operating income down here in row 18 of columns F and G. This is how much you'd make on a monthly or yearly basis if you own the property outright. Okay, so this is also where you'll be able to see the capitalization rate. Let me scroll down a little bit here. The capitalization rate or ROI at the bottom. Some people call it cap rate. Uh, return on investment is what ROI stands for. And that's the percentage at the very bottom of column F. As you can see for this investment, it was about 11%. Is that good or bad, you ask? Well, for me, that's pretty good. Although I've bought things lower than that, um, higher is better, obviously, and lower is not as good. So this is where it's very important to understand your goals with investing and comparing ROI or cap rate between investments is important. A main purpose for this spreadsheet is to compare and contrast different investments you might be considering. So you can choose one over the other or neither, finding out where you can get your best return for your investment. What I love about having this spreadsheet is that I can go back and think through old deals that I passed on and comparing them to new deals that I, I'm looking at currently. It's really helpful for me to see that context 
plus I have a terrible memory, so I like keeping good notes. So I can go back and, and refer to that. And what was I thinking at that time? And what was a good deal in my mind at that time? Because it develops over the years, as you can imagine. And the more you do this, the better you'll get. While this ROI number right here, while that's important, there are some other factors to consider. One of the things is how much cash flow will it provide? We'll talk more about cash flow in a minute, but another factor is how is the area? Some properties will appreciate faster than others. What kind of long-term growth can I expect out of this property? How much sense does this investment make for you and your family? Now, for me, I already owned a bunch of units right next door to this property. So that made it more attractive for me personally. So for situations like that, you might be willing to accept a little bit lower cap rate or ROI because there's other factors that influence the attractiveness of that property. Also, these units had been recently renovated, which means that I wouldn't have to spend a whole lot of money on improving them, which was also a big benefit to me because that, that can bog you down and you end up spending a lot more money than you think. Sometimes factors like that may influence you to take a little lesser cap rate than you'd otherwise consider because it's not always just about the numbers. There are some you know, uh, soft considerations to make. So you have to consider, the point is you have to consider the big picture when it comes to any investment. But these numbers can really help. It's one part of the decision-making process. Now, since I'm a student of Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad, Poor Dad fame, I'm usually looking at the cash flow a rental property will produce, not just the return on investment or ROI. So that brings me to another important part of this spreadsheet, the cost of borrowing. Many of us will be borrowing money for our first investment property, most of us probably. So in column J, right over here, you'll see a spot to put in the loan amount you'll be borrowing and the interest rate and years the loan will be amortized. So you put those numbers in, it'll pop out. This formula will calculate your monthly payment on that mortgage payment. As you can see, I calculated 80% of 1177000 That's my purchase price and, and put it in there. That's 80%. 941600 The bank was quoting me 5% at a 20-year amortization. I entered all that information in. Another important point to bring up here is the loan amount will not change the ROI. The return on your investment is just net profit after expenses divided by the purchase price. That doesn't change with the loan. The loan is just the cost of you borrowing the money to purchase the deal if you don't have the cash. So loan amounts and terms will affect cash flow, your monthly income on the property, but not the ROI. So there's a couple other sections in column J for a second loan amount and even a line of credit too. And let me explain. So anytime you bring a down payment when you buy a property, that, that money has to come from somewhere. A lot of people will save up the 20% down so it's cash out of their pocket. So there's no actual loan cost for that down payment. However, there is an opportunity cost for that money. In this case, it's 235000 that you could be investing elsewhere or it could be collecting interest in the bank. So you have to calculate that. Now, in my case, I was borrowing that money from somewhere else. I think it was a home equity line of credit, if I remember correctly. So I actually calculated that payment in so I could truly see my actual cash flow. So that number right here goes into the debt service column. Once you put all those costs in the of borrowing money, the total will populate into the monthly and yearly debt service amounts in column F and G right here. Let's look at the results. If you go down here and look at column G, you'll see that after all the monthly expenses and mortgage payments, if I bought this property, I'd be making $3,912.26 every month. So I bought it. Yay. <laughs> I was so excited to add this property to my portfolio. It's really fun every single time. It was a really exciting day when I made this decision and this spreadsheet was really super helpful to me. A couple of things I'd like to point out that helped me make this decision. First of all, the down payment came from a line of credit on my house. So this was sort of like a no money down deal. It cost me nothing out of pocket 
except the closing costs for the loan. That makes a difference when you're considering ROI and cash flow because if it's no money down, that's super attractive. Technically, a no money down deal is an infinite return on investment since you didn't really have an initial investment. So the return is, is you know, sky's the limit. So you might be willing to settle for a lower cash flow or ROI if you have nothing out of pocket, right? Secondly, if you break down the cash flow per unit, it's $244 and 52 cents per unit per month. Now that's a metric some people like to look at. Like they like might say, hey, all my deals have to be at least $100 a door or something like that. So as you begin to evaluate investments, you'll begin to see some patterns emerge and it'll help you compare this investment to others in the future. That's why I keep all of the old spreadsheets I've calculated for the investments that I have done and I haven't done in the past to go back and reference them from time to time. Looking back, the ROI was actually lower than I was comfortable with at the time, but it was a big step toward accomplishing a bigger goal I had of accumulating more units. And the size of the project was so big that the cash flow was pretty nice. So in this situation, less about the ROI, more about the cash flow. So do you see how there are several factors that influence the decisions you make when evaluating a real estate investment? The last important point I'll make, if you haven't ever invested before and going through this spreadsheet makes you a little nervous, I'd highly encourage you to practice evaluating investments. So just go pick a property out that you have no intention of buying. Just go through all the motions, do some detective work, fill out this spreadsheet, gather all the information, and I guarantee you, you will feel more knowledgeable about investing in real estate. If you do this enough times, it'll make you ready to actually pull the trigger when the right deal comes along. And you'll know when it does because you can compare it to all the other deals you've looked at using this tool, right? I hope this has been helpful to you today. I know this represents a lot of things that I've learned through the years, and hopefully it will allow you to get a leg up on your investment journey. I also know that there will still be some lingering questions I didn't cover that are more applicable to your specific situation. Now, if that's the case, please leave a question in the comment section below and I'll get back to you soon. You can also reach out to me or a member of my team and we can help talk you through it. Thank you for listening to the Will Frederick podcast, where we talk about real estate, wealth building, money, and life.